0: You are listening to Estate of the Union, estate planning made simple. Here's your host, Brad Wewell, from the WeeWell Law Firm in Austin, Texas. Hi, this is Brad Wewell with the Estate of the Union. This is a podcast of Texas Trust Law, otherwise known as the WeeWell Law Firm, and we talk about all manner of things having to do with law, but primarily estate planning law. And that includes, of all things, charitable giving. Uh, we get a lot of questions. Uh, yesterday, we probably got two questions from two different clients. We already got a question this morning from a client about giving money to charity. Does it help with taxes? How do I do that? And we have the national expert on planned giving and charitable giving with us today. We have Stacy Wedding. Of the stacy wedding group and stacy is here and she's going to tell us everything that you're going to need to know about doing charitable giving correctly smartly efficiently because what we want to do for you ladies and gentlemen is take you from your current posture in society as a normal really probably good human being and we want to take this cup that I've got and in this cup I have pixie dust and we want to sprinkle the pixie dust on you and we want to change you from being a normal pretty good person and we want to make you a philanthropist and you have probably been called many things in your life by other people but being called a philanthropist will be one of the nicest things anybody can ever say about you and Stacy is going to help you become one today so stacy thank you for
1: having me welcome Matt. to our yeah. show
0: and thanks for being here and stacy is in the beautiful city of
1: las vegas gotta love it although as brad and i were saying uh, before we got started today when you live here the last thing you do is gamble or go anywhere near all of those casinos <laughs> and bright lights so that is a myth for anybody listening
0: <laughs> shucks you're bursting my bubble here stacy i was so excited I- <laughs> I thought I'd maybe send you a lot there and you can see if you can win some for me, but I won't do that today. Uh, Tell me about a little bit about your background and what you do, and then we'll get into some more um, important topics for our clients and and our listeners today, too.
1: Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Brad. It's a pleasure to be here. And yes, um, you know, I got my start in the world of charitable giving at a very young age, age of five, believe it or not, volunteering fundraising, right, doing all of that good stuff. Um, I had two parents who were very charitably minded and it just got in my blood. And I think many of us have stories like that and probably many of your listeners and viewers have stories like that. And flash forward after many years, I kept volunteering, trying new things. And eventually after some time in corporate America decided I want to venture into something that really fills up that proverbial bucket yeah. more. And yeah. so I ended up working at our local community foundation here for, uh, close to seven years oh. and helped work and match, you know, high net worth donors who used a lot of sophisticated giving tools with, um, amazing organizations and nonprofits working in our community. And so after my foray there started my company, the Stacy wedding group 15 years ago. And, uh, our sole mission is to elevate and strengthen nonprofits to be um, as strong as they can be so our communities are as strong as they can be. There is a direct correlation, and uh, it's my honor to be a part of that journey.
0: Well, good, and, and historically, you would not probably know this, Stacey, but Austin, Texas has been toward the bottom of philanthropy uh, on a per capita basis, so we're trying hard to boost that up. So let's talk about something that we deal with often here at at the uh, firm of Texas Trust Law, We Will Law Firm, tell us about what planned giving is. Everybody's heard about it, but what is
1: it really? You know it at the end of the day, I think people get nervous when they hear planned giving. They think this is some really sophisticated giving tool. I'm sure you see that, Brad, right. but, you know, it's a, it's a charitable gift. It can made, be made in your lifetime or upon death, and it's part of a donor's overall estate and financial plan. So it is um, something that tends to be a, a usually a more complex gift, and there's a lot of benefits that come with making a planned gift, um, including, you know, one of the, the best, which is really leaving a legacy that can live on long beyond your lifetime
0: right back to pixie dust
1: yes i, I love the pixie dust i'm going to remember that sure, By the way, <laughs>
0: you can feel free to use it i'll put a little uh, copyright on it pay me a royalty it's mine. Stacey, right. don't worry about that <laughs> uh but it's but the point you're making is true and ladies and gentlemen um stacy does this full-time we're going to get to a little bit more about how you work but um some of these things can save you taxes and some of these things can save you a lot of taxes. Um, we have clients, Stacey, who are somewhat of inclined, but you throw the tax incentive in there and it really tends to juice it up a little bit. But uh, one of the things that our clients have expressed many times when they're dealing with a relatively new charity, is how do I know they're gonna be around long enough and how do I know they're frankly legit? Um, how can you help uh, folks with that?
1: It's, uh, those are some great questions and important questions. So I'm a big believer that the more involved you can get during your lifetime, the more you will gather some comfort. So um, volunteering over time, making perhaps small gifts during your lifetime, it doesn't have to be anything <clears throat> substantial. Small annual gifts, so you can see how that gift is treated. Um, looking at their annual report, going to their website regularly, meeting with them, and asking them, you know, asking them the questions you have on your mind. Having a conversation about about their vision as an organization, what impact they've had, how long have they been in existence? Right. Okay. Um, there's of course a lot of tools out there these days on um, different sites that that actually rate charities based on, you know, their financial health, how their money is used. There are also um, a lot of uh, opportunities because it's most 501c3 public charities, they're public charities, so you can have access to their
0: information. Right, they have to file their income tax return online. Yes, yes,
1: yes. So you can look at history, the years of history, and if you see an organization that is struggling financially, year after year, that might provide a little pause, right? Of are, are they gonna be here long-term? What, you know, having a conversation though is really the first starting place because I think that um, sometimes numbers don't show it all, right, Brad? So you, you see that tax, income tax return or that information return and then you wonder, and there might be a very good reason why they had a tougher year. So it's it's really getting to know that organization and develop a relationship. Okay, okay. So you you feel solid. Yeah. Okay.
0: Very good. Very good. Uh, some of our clients have been concerned about administrative overhead of some charities too. Um, is that? I mean, I sometimes say to myself, "Well, you know, if they're paying their people well, then they probably have good people." But on the other hand, there's this thought: "Well, you know, they have too much uh, too much staying inside the in the of the charity instead of going out to." the people that um they're trying to support what, what are your thoughts on that
1: um i have very strong thoughts okay. on that and i'll try not to get on my soapbox um just like any business you would not tell a business to not hire the best people it can hire you would not tell them to use substandard computers to try to get the job right. done you would right all of these basic infrastructure needs that organizations have need to be funded by somebody and um, and I think sometimes there's this tendency to just think about a hundred percent of my dollar needs to go to the actual end beneficiary. And at the end of the day, you need all of those other things. You need the tools, you need the software to track what you're doing. You need to market to get to those sure. organizations, sure. Right? So all the same expenses. And so I'm a believer that, um, that it is important to realize if, if you want to invest to make a change in a cause then, actually, investing in that cause means more than just supporting their program. It it means supporting the entire organization because without it, they aren't going to sustain.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. I think that again, if you're going to get good people that could get a job in the private sector and the for-profit sector, they're going to make they're going to need to make about that kind of money in the nonprofit sector. I mean, they may have a good heart, but they have families to feed and financial goals to meet too. All right, well, that's really good. I thought I was alone in that, Stacey, so I'm not alone. Very good.
1: Well, Hallelujah. no, I'm glad. I was a little nervous when you went there, Brad. I thought, uh-oh, I hope I hope he's not on the opposite side of me on this one. No, well, good.
0: Well, we're very, both obviously very wise, smart, uh, humble people. Uh, no doubt about that. Yes, yes. Um, Okay, got it. So so how would you suggest uh, somebody vetting uh again a non-profit you said go there but you know sometimes um sometimes people support the cause let me give an example um saint jude all right let me just say this about saint jude Uh, Cindy city and i were in memphis we a couple weeks ago we saw the saint jude campus holy cow what an amazing place saint jude more than likely is going to be around a long, 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 long time. And lots of our clients support St. Jude. But when it comes to these smaller charities in a community of any size, and Austin is still not a huge city, um, there's also, though, a desire for anonymity. Um, I'm afraid, and this is, again, a common concern we have with clients, that if I tell the charity that I'm doing this, I'm never going to get rid of them. They are going to be on me like, we would say in Texas, a duck on a June bug. And so, <laughs> uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, I think that I think there's a couple of opportunities here. If if you truly want to stay anonymous, I, that is your choice and you're right. And there are opportunities to do that through a variety of different giving vehicles you know a lot of donors these days whether they set up what's considered a donor advised fund basically i like to call it their charitable checking account right right? where and there's a lot of vehicles and places they can do that whether Um, you know, it's anyways, there's a lot of, I won't get technical on this, but you can set it up and then all your distributions from there go from, are are made anonymously, right? Your sponsoring agency says, here's a donation to your charity from an anonymous donor. So the good news is there are opportunities to do that. There's also opportunities to give outright and check, check the little box that says, I want to remain anonymous. And, um, you can ask, uh, organizations? What is their donor privacy policy? Okay. What, So there, there are some tools to protect you if you want to stay anonymous.
0: Okay. All right. I've never quite frankly believed in anonymity with this stuff. I always thought I might as well get some credit if I'm doing it, but some of our clients and my <laughs> wife, for instance, um, does want more anonymity. And uh, so let's go back to something you mentioned, which is a donor advised fund. Um, and a charitable checking account, which is exactly what we call it, too. In fact, how oh, interesting, Stacey. But would you give us all, and, and maybe you also mentioned that you work for a community foundation. A lot of people may not know what that is. So help us, uh, help our listeners and viewers just with a little more detail on community foundations and donor advised funds.
1: Sure, so um, community foundations are set up to uh, support and strengthen their communities and they do this in a variety of ways. But in general, they oftentimes are uh, a tool and a vehicle um, that is tax advantageous. They're a public 501c3 public charity. So the benefits of setting up a donor-advised fund with a community foundation, for example, before, you know, instead of setting up your own private foundation are, pretty lucrative. So a lot of organizations say, I want the tax benefits of a community foundation. I want this organization who's going to administer it, invest my dollars, how I want them, help give me advice on what, who's doing good work, who is sustainable, what organizations have strong leadership. So in many ways, it's kind of like your, your uh, third party provider to help you do all of the, the stuff that's going to make your giving impactful without you having to be the expert in all of it, because that can be a big job. So
0: back to anonymity or and back to research. So a community foundation, there's several community foundations here in the Austin area, uh, can do the research for me and come back and tell Cindy and I, you have an interest in homelessness, let's say, and these are the three or four Best groups that are doing it, and here's why they're the best groups. Could they do that for us?
1: Yes, and um, I always had enjoyed that opportunity when I got to work with high end donors because um, it, it it did. We were that intermediary. We were that person, right? That was kind of their gatekeeper, okay. so that they they had that anonymity. So there's a lot of a lot of great gifts that come with that, and you get people who are very knowledgeable, right? So community foundation staff. Um, not only have they been trained, but they are living and breathing that community. They know it in general better than any of the rest of us do. And so you get your own built-in expert.
0: Got it. Okay. And so a lot of our clients, though, have what I would call an old-fashioned, which is not old-fashioned. I don't advise funds. I've been around, I guess, about 10 years, maybe 15. Explain um, if I don't want to go the community foundation route. I just want to have put money in, give it away, but I want to do it efficiently. Explain how a donor advised fund uh, works because I know Fidelity has one and Vanguard has one, probably most big uh, financial institutions have one.
1: Yes, most do so. And and, um, and I will say that their fees tend to be a bit less than a community foundation. for a whole host of reasons. Um, I still advocate for community foundations, but um, yeah, it's very simple, right? If you have um, appreciated stock or a complex gift, what's wonderful about donor advised funds, whether you do that through a financial institution and their, their programs that are set up or a community foundation, you can gift that complex gift, you know, that appreciated stock, put it in your donor advised fund, avoid the capital gains tax, and then whatever you know their policies are for selling that and making sure that the proceeds go and live in that charitable checking account. And it, it buys you time. You get the immediate tax deduction for it if if that works for your your situation, your personal situation. But if you don't want to spend it for two years or you want time to figure out how to spend it, you don't have to do it immediately. So it also this time of you know year when it's end of year, you find a lot of donor advised funds getting large gifts because donors know they need a tax sure. deduction but aren't ready to make a decision so i can
0: move it out of my account my investment yes. account savings account whatever shift it over to the donor advised fund when i when it gets to them that's the tax deduction because they're the charity yes nice
1: and
0: yes. then i can wait till later and sitting i can send and say okay we have fifty thousand dollars in our donor advised fund where do we want it to go
1: Absolutely, and it's also beneficial for if you think about it after someone's lifetime. So, um, as an example, my husband and I have set up our a donor advised fund at our community foundation, and we also have some guidelines there so that some you know we don't have children, so we are the perfect planned gift. You I are the perfect planned gift.
0: That's right.
1: Yes, yeah, uh, right. We are the perfect, yeah. and so at the end of the day, we know that. We have organizations that are that are near and dear to our heart, but it's also important to us that they have good leadership, that they're still run well, that they're still in existence when we are no longer here someday. Sure. And so having that in a donor advised fund that someone else is administering and overseeing for us gives us that peace of mind.
0: Okay. Very good. Very good. Very good. Well, you've talked about um, complex gifts um, and it's interesting, we, we deal with complexity all the time. One of the things that we have is kind of a little uh, moniker is we make the complex simple as best we can. Uh, but talk to us, our audience, a little about maybe one or two common, but what you might consider sophisticated gifting tools that people could use and maybe put in place by the end of the year. Yeah.
1: So, um- you know so many times donors uh for example they might want to do um have a life estate gift where they live in right (laughs) they live in their property in their in their home and they but they have through their gift instrument are basically saying we are giving this property to this charity of our choice after you know our passing and so you you receive some of those tax benefits (laughs) while you're alive um, but also know that charity is then going to be able to do what they need to do with that and through their own gift, you know, acceptance policies after you're gone. Um, there's also, you know, oftentimes charitable remainder trust. And there's um, I am not the expert, but I certainly know enough to be dangerous. And some of these tools, um, you know, can give you a <coughs> income stream. An income stream during your lifetime, right? For you, your loved one, and you're getting this income stream, but you're also reaping them and knowing that upon upon death, um, that gift, you know, whatever that asset is, will transfer to the charity fully. So there's some really cool ways. Back to Brad, what you said, it, it's about, you know, there's some amazing financial benefits, amazing tax benefits, and also just I can't underestimate the feeling. I mean, all the studies out there show that giving back actually increases endorphins, right? Giving and doing sure. something selflessly sure. helps our health and our well-being. So I don't want to underestimate that piece either. No,
0: in my experiences, and we do, we've do we done plenty of charitable uh, remainder trust for clients and charitable lead trust, which is another um, interesting thing that we can talk yes. about in the future perhaps. Um, people that do those just, you know, they light up and they have more meaning in their lives and it's not like if i give up my kids i don't have meaning in my life i do have meaning, but there is another aspect to it that is extremely satisfying to them and frankly satisfying to us they are mm-hmm. again now they're philanthropists and they're role modeling for their children and they're role modeling for other friends that they may have and no it's an exciting thing and it's uh, One of the favorite things we like about doing around here, we keep track of how much our clients have given away and um, to let everybody know that in the last three years, our clients have given away a total when they die. This is all testamentary stuff, but we've got it in their plans about three hundred fifty million dollars. So. We want to keep
1: that is pushing that and you know what, your 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 clients, Brad, are really lucky to have an advisor like you and your team. because I I do think to make this a seamless process and something that can sometimes feel a little intimidating, and overwhelming to donors, having a trusted advisor, having your trusted estate planning attorney is, is, and financial advisor is critical. It's, it's, we, you know, it's how to make a really smart decision and do it in a way that's going to have ultimate impact.
0: Well, let's talk about your firm and if our clients and our listeners and our viewers, want to tap into what the uh stacy wedding group has to offer what do you have to offer
1: thank you so much brad uh so one of the things that we are really passionate about here is working with donors on uh doing some creating their own charitable uh philanthropy plans so i'm going to walk you through a specific example i had a few um Several years ago, there was a gentleman I worked with who ended up deciding he he thought he wasn't going to make a gift, like a a tangible gift during his lifetime. His plan was to do it after his lifetime. And after some coaxing and twisting his arm, I I recommended that he really start during his lifetime because I I explained to him that he will have a better understanding of what are his hot buttons, what he likes about the way a, a charity handled his donation, um, all of that package. And so after he went through that, and I worked with him for a couple of years on identifying those organizations, um, after he went through that, we I was able to understand what was important to him more to create what we called his charitable vision statement. So we crafted this document that's attached to his charitable trust at a financial institution And so he passed away about five years ago and um i serve as a charitable advisor on that but but it's an example of taking someone from sort of beginning to end of let's start the giving journey in a small way it doesn't have to be large gifts and get a sense of what really lights your fire what you really liked about an organization so you can then articulate that in writing and give someone that guiding document after your lifetime, if you want someone to help carry on your legacy the way you intended. Interesting.
0: All right. So this is, this can be a roadmap for the family. Or again, if you're single or don't have children, then for your um, trustees or whomever comes after you, that this is, these are the themes that I want to hit. This is the, the part of our society that I want to improve. And you can help them put that in writing.
1: Yes. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's that's very important. And again, I think sometimes people don't do plan giving because they don't know where to give it to. We pick a point and say, "Well, what should I do?" And then, you know, you can say, "Well, are you religious? <clears throat> Let's start with that." What's yeah. your alma mater? Yeah. We can do there. Yeah. Uh, do you have any interest in uh, anything that's quasi political, but that we could uh, make into some charitable thing? And the other big thing. Good night here. Uh, our pet charities?
1: Oh, yes. (laughs) You know, there was 400 in 2020. uh, There was $471 billion given away in the United States to different charities. And animals and environment, um, continues to every year increase so that is clearly an interest um that people are passionate about we all love our pets don't we so
0: it's just amazing yeah i would say that and, and we do a lot of speaking on this i've speak to a lot of again uh church groups and cpas and other things and when it comes down to it um at least in austin texas pets are probably number one here at our office, followed by alma maters. Uh, We do a lot of endowed scholarships for our clients where they can, as you know how it works, you give money to the school, they invest it and they set some back every year for inflation. And then they give the rest away uh, as the scholarship in the name of our clients. And it's nice. And there are needy kids out there. And then beyond that, beyond the pets and alma maters, there's a pretty precipitous drop to the next level, which probably here would be more religious charities. And uh, we tend to have more uh, Christian focus here at our firm anyway, but then beyond that, it's uh, it's pretty up for grabs and a lot of uh, more obscure, but certainly uh, meaningful uh, donations to a lot of things and a little bit political too, because we live in this odd uh, odd time as well,
1: right? I I was going to add to what you said. I mean, one of the things we always talk about sort of that three-legged stool for um, people making, looking at planned gifts or just giving in general. And you want your financial advisor in the picture. You want your legal advisor in the picture and you want your charitable advisor. And that is really where our team steps in to help donors is to help round out, you know, we're the experts on the charitable side and what are both um, the organizations doing good work we can help do the research for you help you create that roadmap you said brad but at the end of the day it can be overwhelming i mean it's overwhelming you know it's, whatever whatever angle you you're coming right. from right
0: so so i think stacy and let me ask you this too to kind of we're getting close to the end of our time here um so people who are listening from wherever in the country uh can contact stacy and it's the stacy wedding group the Stacy Wedding Group and um, .com. And you can contact us here at TexasTrustLaw.com. And we can connect you with Stacy too. But this is stuff that goes beyond um, tax savings. This goes to the future. And whether it's the future of pets, the future of the educational system through an alma mater, through the future of your particular religious institution or political bents, charitable giving is, it's, it's, it's exhilarating and it's exhilarating to anybody who's involved with it too. You may have a family, a traditional family, and we all know the, uh, the phrase for most people, charity begins at home. And I will tell you in our practice, charity almost always begins at home. But, City and I have done some charitable planning and we have three children and we're gonna give away probably at the end of our lives, maybe 10% kind of a little final tithe. And the impact that has on our three children is instead of getting 33 and a third percent when we die, they're gonna get 30% of what we've got left. Wow. Okay, we just got you out of a three and a third percent of your inheritance, but we're gonna benefit uh, charities going forward, and other things that we have a strong interest in, and we frankly have changed our charitable uh, beneficiaries over the course of time because we were used to be very involved here, and now we're not, and now we're more interested over here, and this is where we're going in the future. So you can change this stuff up, uh, and you you know again as Stacy mentioned, charities change and. Their missions change and their finances change and their staff changes. So you don't have to get tied to one. You can tie to one now and you can change your mind later. But uh, I wanna say thanks for uh, listening to this presentation. Stacy did a great job of educating all of us on plan giving philanthropy. Again, I've got my cup here full of pixie dust and it is almost empty. We've done a lot of that, and we want to do more. You can fill it back up and sprinkle more in your head. So, give it serious, serious thought. And here at TexasTrustLaw.com, we're always happy to talk to you about trying to achieve all your estate goals, but uh, charitable giving, especially too. We are uh, again, we as I said in our uh, earlier comments with Stacy, we do have a Christian focus to a large extent here at our firm. We serve people of every creed and culture and color. So happy to help any of you who have an interest in benefiting people uh, down the line we'll stop here uh, i just want to say thank you very much for watching thank you very much for listening if you're listening and uh, we'll be back with another exciting edition of the estate of the union soon thanks again